Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Comfort Watch, the podcast where we talk about the movies and TV shows that we turn to time and time again. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my little bespeckled nugget, Chrissy. Hootie hoo party people. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. Yeah? Just okay? <laughs> I never have anything else to say. We're recording later than usual today. Normally we record in the afternoon, yeah. but we're recording later at night, and it feels a little late night TV time, late night talk show city. See, but you're a night owl. If you ask my husband, I am useless after even like 6.30. He gets home from work and I'm like, cook for me. I'm not a night owl, but I've become one because when the baby goes to sleep, that's when I have the time to do everything I've ever wanted to do for myself. So I end up staying till two o'clock in the morning. I wake up every day to like 15 to 20 TikToks sent to me (laughs) from you. And I don't even send you all the ones I want to. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Sometimes I'm like, even if it's one that I had seen but scrolled past, because like, eh, if you send it to me, I'm like, okay, I'll watch the whole thing because she thinks I'll like it. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, we're going to talk about this, and then I forget. Or sometimes I send them to you to remind myself to rewatch them instead of just saving them. It's a long thing. How was your week? Same as the last one. It wasn't, though. It was my birthday. Oh, well, it wasn't my... I guess it was my week. We went out twice. Twice! Two days in a row! It was my birthday, and I celebrated the best way I know how. By having a mental breakdown. <laughs> just one time. Did you have more than one? Um, I only saw one. Just the one time publicly. <laughs> <laughs> it was in a parking lot at 11 o'clock at night. Like, it wasn't that public. Well still and then uh <laughs> i had another one on the sunday oh so my birthday was the 18th yeah i wasn't around on the sunday the 19th i like had to put ice packs on my eyes to be like get it together yeah like look alive yeah. and then we went out for dinner again yeah and then sunday yeah i had another one. Oh, i didn't know that it's okay you just invited me over for cake and i was like i'm eating crab in america um, can't come for cake. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was just like, oh, maybe she wants to come for cake. But then I, me and Chrissy live minutes from each other. Yeah. But like a I was like, and a half. I was like three days in a row. That'd be a lot. But mm, maybe we've done it over. before and we'll do it again. I know. We've spent weeks together on in adjacent hotel rooms. I like know. a week straight. I know. But yeah. How did you enjoy watching me age? <laughs> well... It was fun. It was fun, I guess. Night one, we went to a winery. I don't drink. You do sometimes. So you and your friend Rebecca, I guess she's my friend too. You guys enjoyed some, was it libations? Yeah. And uh, I was sober. But you know what? I, I like drunk people. This is the thing. I can turn down alcohol. Yeah. And I do. But it's like, it's got to be the right blend of... There's a breakdown coming. Where are we in our menstrual cycle? Yes. How are you feeling socially about yourself? And then I just, like, let it go. Yeah. And they didn't have Diet Coke. I fully maintain I would not have had that much wine if they had had Diet Coke. Yeah. I also think knowing you, there's a threshold where you start just going, one more, and I don't think you know that you don't even want it. And that you don't even, you don't need it. I think I don't want the night to end. So yeah. I'm just like, let's just keep this here. My my old threshold for you was if we were out, you'd be like a vodka soda. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you'd go vodka seven. And I go, oh, here we go. <laughs> She's drinking sugar. If you switch to sugar, all of a sudden I was like, 
it's gonna be a long fucking night and at that point i'd either be like good day ma'am figure out your own life and get home or i'm like oh i gotta get this girl home yeah. at some point and now you drink like wine and rosé and it's a little hard to keep track well it was a difficult menu to order from it was a very fancy winery and they called the wine personalities <laughs> so me being asking what everyone would our waiter waiter comes up and says what would you like and i was like what is a personality and he decides to get real smart yeah and it's like some people would say it's something you ascribe to a person and i was like oh you're this guy yeah enough of that shucky <laughs> cut your tip in half <laughs> we're not into that no it was a very very hoity-toity between the three of us our bills was well over three hundred dollars like expensive place it was expensive um the views were nice but what's really funny is that you love fall and you kept saying my birthday and you even said it a couple podcasts ago fall starts on my birthday and i was like i even said like you're fucking crazy no it doesn't and that day if you were in southern ontario not not to brag because it's hot really everywhere else it was freezing it was so cold on august like mid-august just freezing and we went out and <laughs> well rebecca's like i booked the patio and i was like oh, i'll be fine and then we're freezing well they had blankets but luckily i had a jacket a coat in the car and yeah. i was like this is my evermore birthday yeah i was i was trying to pull a nicole kidman from practical magic in my outfit a coat just wouldn't have done if i had like a like a ready colored like a maroon leather shiny pleather coat i think i could have pulled it off but i didn't have that not on hand. Not, not on hand, no. No, we went to Sephora earlier in the day, and it was so windy and chilly, and I just yelled, I manifested this weather! And this old woman was opening the door to the store and looked terrified because she heard me yell. She shook in her bones. <laughs> and the next day, hot as tits. Yeah, it was. That was really funny. You can't keep up. You just no. can't keep up. Well, other than the breakdowns, was it a good weekend? Um, so the breakdowns, I think, were expected because it was my first birthday without my dad. It just it brought up so many feelings that I should have taken this as a kind of a, a mulligan year where you kind of keep your plans small. Maybe don't host your entire family at your house on the Sunday. Yeah. You know, keep like like I usually do for Christmases or things when someone passes away. Like, first, we're just not doing it this year. Don't yeah. even try. Yeah. You kept saying, I should have known better than to celebrate. And then I didn't know that I didn't know that you were having everyone over on Sunday. I would have been like, okay, that Thanks isn't so. happening at all. Uh, so I feel okay about 36. This is my scary age. 36 is my scary age. And I just realized it's because <laughs> I must have imprinted this from when I was watching Sex in the City the first time in my life. When Charlotte is like, I'm not turning 36 at Atlantic City. She's like, I'm staying 35. Yeah. And I guess watching it back when I was younger, I was like, oh, 36 is a scary age. Yeah. And it does feel like I'm grasping at straws of like either fertility or fuckability, but <laughs> it's a weird age. Your last fuckable day. Yeah. I'll tell you when that happens. Yeah. My mind's long past. <laughs> oh my God. No, it's not. It went with that mohawk in high school. No, it last was. Last fuckable day was in 2005. No. It wasn't the worst birthday I've ever had, surprisingly, but it wasn't 
the best. Well, I've been at a couple of them. I'd say it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the worst. No, it wasn't the worst whatsoever. <laughs> no. Should we take a break and then come back with our recos? Sure. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> this is the part of the show where we give you our recommendations of things that we're liking, loving, that we feel will help you keep your life a little more comfy and cozy. What do you have first? Okay. I have one, like, real one. I think it'll be nice for you. Then I'm going to tell you the other thing that I do, and you're not going to like it. I know. And it's not for comfort. Well, I'll explain it. Okay. The first is there's this girly. She's on TikTok. I also follow her on Instagram. Her name's Becca Murray. Have you ever seen Becca Murray? No. So she kind of covers the whole spectrum of she'll do fashion stuff. She'll do skincare stuff. And, like, she just turned 40. I would kill for her skin. Really? Like, oh, my God. And she's, like to me seems like a regular girly like she's not like a she doesn't work in skincare or anything and i don't think she really gets any botox or anything and her skin looks phenomenal i wouldn't think she's 40 she always has like her hair is always perfectly curly she's all about sustainable clothing she's uh plus size mid-size whatever you would say so she's got some good clothing recos and she's really funny and um this week she did a whole series about soup gate where she she once taught people how to make soup and it was a became a whole like problem on tiktok because everyone goes if i don't like this ingredient what do i do and there's a whole thing on tiktok about this now where people think videos are just for them and that they cannot fathom that maybe a video is just not for you so like some there this week there's a popular video that went around where someone made bean soup and it was supposed to be for like for your period i don't know it looked disgusting and i don't even not like beans but the comments were if i don't like beans what i replace it with and people were like don't eat the fucking soup man don't make bean make something else and she experiences this on her thing all the time where people will say if i don't want that what do i do and she goes nothing so she's very like good at interacting with people and showing like the weird sides of tiktok and stuff too but i just really like her i think she's a good content creator she has fun with like makeup and clothes and hair and her and her boyfriend seem cute and i like her becca murray I, she's i feel like everyone knows who she is but I, go get go go see her okay okay my other thing that i am actually doing for comfort you're not gonna like this okay this might maybe this is a specific form of anxiety okay where you like it's like exposure therapy where you like you face your fear every day and then maybe it feels less scary like reading the news i read the news a lot that is scary yeah so i i do read the news a lot but (laughs) lately if you went on my my youtube feed you'd see that i am only being recommended tornado and plane crash content (laughs) oh my god and while i'm doing my makeup my hair making breakfast if I have stuff to do for work where, like, I don't need to edit sound like a podcast or a video, I play videos. And I'll watch, like, an hour and 20-minute video breaking down why a plane crash happened. But I think it, I have a pretty intense fear of flying. Right. And I don't know if it's helping or hurting, but I think that it's, like, a specific form of anxiety to be, like, to know every scenario. I don't know. So these aren't current plane crashes. These are, like, the greatest hits. There's a lot of crisis. It's the, oh my god. It, everything can go wrong. The toilets can light on fire. The the top can just blow off of a plane. Did I you know that? No, I don't want to know that. 
Why would you do this to yourself? I'm I'm not sure, but there's something about it that like I don't it's it's very fascinating to me, but also like I, one of my fears have always been dying in a plane crash. Yeah, I think. Well, I think no one wants to. Yeah, I think, but it's it's. I think it's specific to that because, like, the knowledge that like you're gonna fall from the sky is like you know it, you know you're gonna. Die. <laughs> we can cut this all out, but playing seeing videos of it. I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it. Okay, well, we should add calm. a disclaimer. Chris is not a medical expert, so if you this is not a recommendation to like combat your fears by doing this. It's no, just what she's doing. No, but maybe you guys doing. can relate. I think it's the same people like I no longer am a crime girly. I used to be like a true crime girly for sure, listened to, you know, my favorite murder and watched all the documentaries and it became too real for me. Mm-hmm. Like I I no longer saw it as entertainment and would see it as like real people and it started to really stress me out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of the same thing. I'm there's people are they're they're what are they called they're called disaster tourists. And people who literally go to where a disaster is because they're interested in it. People will go to hurricanes and tornadoes aftermath to like tour it i wouldn't do that but this is my version of disaster tourism okay <laughs> i'm sorry no sorry it's, to put this all on everybody it's just I, I i have therapy on monday good <laughs> i have therapy on thursday we always have it every the same week every week Were mine's you? always monday yours is always thursday oh man well i'll let my therapist know you shit uh my Okay, so I, my person of the week that I want to recommend is Danny Pellegrino. He has a podcast called Everything Iconic. He has a book called How Do I Unremember This? He is a delight to be on the internet and witness. I love all of his content. He does, and just like that, recaps. He does Housewives recaps. Oh. So, so funny. Love him. You should check out all of his stuff. If we're looking at, like, what am I doing on the internet for comfort? Let me think. What have I been doing this week? Please let it be as weird as watching plane crash content. No, let me look back at my YouTube for a second, though. (laughs) One second. So unsurprisingly, what I do online to feel comfort is watch home tours. (laughs) And this time, I'm watching this channel called The Modern House, which is, I believe they're a realty company, but they do home tours of all of these artists and designers homes in the uk that are nothing that i would ever live in like sometimes i like watching aspirational home tours that are like cozy cottages or like well done like lived in homes but Mm -hmm. these are so austere like they're so i would never live in them but something about it just seeing other people live that way of like really harsh lines or really like cold fabrics or crazy colors i'm just like why that's but, your version of watching plane crash content <laughs> <laughs> why would it you is your wall that color? i just i feel like it kind of gets me out of my comfort zone to think of like oh yeah maybe paint your walls anything but white which is all i do in every home yeah i find that it's a really good channel i also watch homeworthy which is another good one but those are more like classic home styles kind of like the home styles that we saw in this week's movie look at that the segue wow (laughs) we're gonna take a break and come right back with our movie of the week sweet home alabama and we're back and we're back so we we wanted to kick off it just it feels like fall it does i'm just gonna say it today was a little sticky but we're we're ready for the vibes 
pumpkin spice lattes came out today. It's basically fall. I know, again, this comes out a little, honestly, not that much later. We're not really that far ahead yeah. anymore. But uh, pumpkin spice latte came out like two weeks ago. So if you don't know, I can't help you. And it feels like fall. And we wanted to get into the spirit. There are obviously some classic, like, that is a fall movie. But we kind of wanted to, like, think about what other movies, like, take place in the fall or at least give us that warm, cozy vibe. And the first thing that sprung to mind was Sweet Home Alabama. Right, because I don't know if people know this, but there are different types of fall. <laughs> There's back to school fall. Yeah. Halloween. Yes. Post-Halloween come down. Yeah. America Thanksgiving. Yeah, which we don't even celebrate, but yeah. And then the last dregs of fall, which are muddled into Christmas. Yes. So pre, even though it's probably snowing, but I think of it as like pre-snow fall. Yes. No, I see. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. In where we live in Southern Ontario, we experience every season and then also every combination of like the transition between seasons. So it's all vibes. Right. There's a specific feeling that goes with every two weeks almost based on what's happening. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it happens so fast. Like everyone's like summer's over and I feel like I waited so long for it to start. But I'm ready for fall. Yeah, I'm, I'm born ready for fall. And this movie, I was wondering why we like thought it had the cozy fall feeling. And I mean, setting-wise, it takes place in the fall. It does, yeah. But they actually reference it as like four months till Christmas or like three months yes. till Christmas. So, and I never caught on to that. So I'm like, okay, this is the perfect summer yeah. palette cleanser. Hello, fall. The back to just one more thing about fall before I get into it. I always associate September with the new year. Like in my mind, we should all be celebrating New Year in September, September first. Fresh start, exactly. Back yeah. to school calendars, new pens, oh. new year, new pens, new paper. Did you ever get your binders and you're like, which color is gonna be for English? Absolutely. What color is English? Blue. Blue. <laughs> Okay. Wait, wait, wait. What color is math? Red. Red? <laughs> Shut up. One more. Shut up. This is going to be so loud to record it. Science? Blue. Well, green. Green. But geography, if you have geography that semester, geography is green. So it's kind of hard. Yeah. I'd give science like a like a, a light blue. Light if, blue. If, if, we ha- if, I had if it's biology, it's green. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. If it's chemistry, it's red. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't make up Absolutely. these things. This is just what it is. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. Anyways, so Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> I could just do a whole podcast on fall. And school supplies. Absolutely. Oh, so we good. just go buy some anyway. Everyone needs a new pen. But not have the budget of your mom saying, that's too much money. Put that back. You don't need that. Deb. Barb. <laughs> um, okay, so Sweet Home Alabama starring... Reese Witherspoon, Josh Lucas, mm-hmm. and podcast favorite, Patrick Dempsey. Dempsey. Or as my phone thinks it is, P. Dempsters. <laughs> Pediatric Dempsters. A 2002 rom-com classic that I feel like was in, it came out post-Legally Blonde. Like, this was the era of Reese. Oh, absolutely. This was... She's not your sexy little girl in Cruel Intentions anymore. Great movie. She's your sassy little southern designer. Mm-hmm. Let's give a brief synopsis of the movie for anyone who hasn't seen it. So Reese is living in New York. She's a up-and-coming fashion designer. And she's in love with this... What is 
is his job? Do we know? I know Rich? he's a mayor's son. He's a mayor's son. I'm getting yeah. like John John energy from him. Yes. Like JFK. I, I think that's the point. Junior. Yes. So we just know he's rich. Patrick Dempsey is rich. And his mom is Candace Bergen. She's hot. So she, we were watching Sex and the City the other day. And when Edith and Carrie have their very strained lunch, Mac goes, my husband goes, Patrick Dempsey's mom. <laughs> Shut up, really? You yeah. remember that? I yeah. completely forgot she was in this, and I honestly saw this movie six months ago. But this was also her kind of like renaissance post-Murphy Brown of uh, Miss Congeniality. Yeah. Like, she was... She it. looks phenomenal she is. in this movie. Great hair. Great hair. Great everything. I, she's such a bitch, but that's okay. At one point, they say Patrick Dempsey is the future president of the United States, but they yes. never say what his job is. Just politics. If he was Ken, his job is politic. Yeah. I think his mom just... He's, she's just momming, and she's like, my son is the future president of the United States. I, I mean, I, so is mine, and he's Canadian. So, <laughs> I get it. Moms be momming. Maxie Trudeau. <laughs> Maxie Trudeau. <laughs> he can take his new dad's name. Um... <laughs> So this movie is a classic love triangle. Love it. Favorite shape? Yes. Unlike uh, Best Friend's Wedding, it's two men and one woman, which I kind of like that everyone is like fighting over a woman and it's like up to her what what she wants. Absolutely. I think that's the way things should be. Although I could make the argument that Josh Lucas isn't really fighting. He's been fighting his whole damn life. What are you talking about? I know. I just, I'll make that argument. Did you watch the movie? I'll make that argument lighter. Okay. So Patrick Dempsey proposes, and if you've watched our TikToks, I made a TikTok about how he proposed in Tiffany's shut down the whole place. There's this big grand gesture and she gets, I don't think, a very nice ring. It looks like a three carat Asher cut solitaire. The band, she chunky band. It's a different time. It's 2002. (sighs) It looked like it didn't even fit her. Uh, I digress. And it turns out she's actually still married. To Josh Lucas, who she married somewhere bef- seven years before or longer. We don't really know how long they were married for. Straight out of high school, we know. Yeah, so seven years ago, she left him, left Alabama, and moved to New York to pursue her dreams. And that's where her lifestyle is now. But in order to marry Patrick Dempsey, she has to go get divorced. Mm-hmm. So she goes back to Alabama to sort that out and that's where we learn where everyone in her life has been since who she used to be who she might still be yes what her real name is she she has a fake name she does it's a it's quite the film a little bit of some facts off the top before we get into the deets this film was directed by andy Tennant, who did such films as ever after Mm. one of my favorites it takes two yes and Fools Rush In, which is another great movie with Salma Hayek yes. and Matthew Perry, which we have to watch because yeah. I feel like that was always on TBS. Mm-hmm. I was always watching that show. Yes, please. This was kind of one of the first movies filmed in New York, they said post 9-11. We so, were wondering that if it was filmed before or after because 2002, you never know, like it could have been post. So they were actually location scouting according to some of the interviews I saw with Andrew Tennant on 9-11. So they were in New York when that happened. And I don't know if people listening really remember, but 
I mean, we were like ninth grade, eighth grade. Everything mm-hmm. just kind of stopped for a long time. Like yeah. there was no feel good movies that were being out. Like it wasn't really like a everything stopped. They even took. I remember they took many songs off the radio mm-hmm. for a long time. So they thought that they could be they upsetting. Like anything from they took off like the song "What a Wonderful World." I remember the Bare Naked Ladies at the time had a song called "Falling for the First Time," and they can't have the word "falling." They edited out scenes from old movies of the Twin Towers. Yes. Like it was it was a really different time. So for this movie to kind of be a New York City story. Yeah. Without being too maudlin or too somber was signaling I think coming out of a different time. Yeah, because it was there was a lot of anticipation, at least especially for TV shows at that time that took place in New York for them coming back. Sex in the City, like Friends friends even like the west wing i know didn't take place in new york but like how everyone addressed or didn't or didn't yeah you know like gilmore girls didn't didn't um but like sex in the city they didn't say it directly but they had like a episode that was like a love letter to new york city Mm -hmm. um and at the end i think there might have been like a screen saying like we love you new york or something Mm -hmm. but everyone was waiting to see how things like that would be handled because in one way we were all very upset Mm-hmm. And another way we were like, but we want, everyone wants things to go back to normal. Yeah. So, yeah, it must have been a weird vibe when that movie came out. It must have been, it almost might have been hard to get a movie like this made. Which, I mean, even though it's Sweet Home Alabama, it's essentially, New York is still the, it's where your life goes to start. That's where dreams come true, know. you know? Anywho, we open in New York with Melanie Carmichael, who is... A designer, another designer in film, who doesn't look like a designer. I, okay, where the F is she working? Where is that studio? Why is everyone on the floor? I don't know. I don't, do you, did you notice that? It was like a big open room with part of it was like a step higher than the rest of it. And everyone was on the floor and she was asleep and she woke up and everyone's like, oh, Melanie. It's like, where are you? She, yes, Man, no, where are you? She's supposed to be hustling for, I thought it was like some kind of design competition. Maybe it was like fashion week that she's trying to hustle, I think finish her collection week? for. Yeah. But it starts, okay. Again, criticism of this movie is only because we love it and we're watching it with different eyes. It starts with her having a dream of herself, which is a seven-year-old Dakota Fanning, Mm -hmm. having her first kiss. And I felt deeply uncomfortable watching a seven-year-old kiss. I think now that we know a lot about, and a lot of young actors have come forward about what their first kiss on screen was like and how it was their real first kiss. Unless you're Kirsten Dunn's kissing Brad Pitt. I mean, that's exception to all the social rules. It's Brad Pitt. Timeless, ageless. I'm pretty sure they talked about that recently. I know. On BuzzFeed and stuff about how that was incredibly uncomfortable for her for her yeah or was it for maybe for him <laughs> maybe but yeah it was very weird they were li- they were little they were little kids I, they couldn't have been older than eight they're little ragamuffin kids like mm-hmm. dakota fanning is all knees and elbows yes. just running through the beach in a lightning storm isn't she the perfect baby reese though fantastic yeah let's I've still cast her about it. yeah and things <laughs> Yeah. Her and Uptown Girls, that's another movie <laughs> we have to watch. Academy yeah. Award worthy. But sure. I, I never caught that maybe I was like, oh, this is kind of creepy. Like yeah, seven years creepy. old. Who would you have ended up with if you were in love with them at seven years old? At seven years old? I don't know if I was in love with anyone at seven years old. I would have ended up with Simba. <laughs> <laughs> if you were in love with someone at seven years old that wasn't fictional? Yeah. A, per- a whole person? Yes. Seven. What grade was that? Two? Hmm. 
I think I was. A, I think I had a crush on. There's a there's a boy in my grade named Daniel DiGregorio. <laughs> <laughs> you tell him like Italian Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't honestly I don't even think he was in our our school past like sixth grade I don't know where he is sorry Daniel but I, I remember thinking he was real cute when mm-hmm. I was when I was seven years old but no my heart my heart was already tied up with with Simba and Aladdin and meatloaf An- animation and, yeah animation yeah oh I I was in love with Joel Agnew. <laughs> He had. We went to the same elementary listen, school. Listen, he was a year older than me when we were a split crap class. He had the most perfect black mullet. Mm-hmm. He could run like the wind. Like the wind. He had beautiful freckles, and he knew all of the words to Savage Garden's Cherry Cola. Oh. And I remember just looking skill. at him and being like, it does not get better than this. <laughs> he dragged my hand and leaned me head first, fearless. <laughs> Like, I just, he had, when he was singing this, I don't even try to explain it, I just close. I was like, it was like the room, everyone faded to black, and it was just me looking at this little mullet hair boy. Wow. Yeah. I never got the Joel thing. I I think even from a young age, I was like, I don't like boys who like fitness. What's he, he was the skinniest boy in the world. Exactly. He loved running. (laughs) He loved running. We used to, I mean, Forrest Gump was big at the time. Everyone loved running. <laughs> running? I did not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So imagine, like, when you're that age, just being like, yeah, I'm going to marry you, because that's what Dakota Fanning and Josh Lucas, or Josh Lucas's younger person yes. said. I don't like that they never address, did getting struck by lightning hurt them in any way? Well, she gave her the superpower of design. <laughs> <laughs> I love the similar aesthetic from P.S. I Love You rings true. The like it, Hillary Swank put like a bow, a ribbon on a shoe, and she just puts like a ribbon on like the the bottom and top of the top. Like and yeah. again, she's like, "This is for my own line." It's oh like, my gosh, what but- is this fashion from the early two thousands? I'm a fashion designer. I added a ribbon to this. Yeah, so she has the superpower design. He decides, oh, I'm gonna make some glasses about this, but we don't really know about that till later. Yeah. So she has her little fashion moment. Everything goes so well. She's like the talk of the town, toast Mm -hmm. of the town. And then Patrick Dempsey is like, (laughs) I have a note here. So we see Patrick Dempsey come to her show Mm -hmm. and his hair is the biggest hair I've ever seen on a man (laughs) in film. Yeah. It's Jimmy Neutron meets Johnny Bravo meets Kennedy. I thought it was making him a little, looking a little too skinty. This is, he's always been very tiny man he has a little bobbleheady he had very severe sideburns much like myself (laughs) (laughs) but he did the thing in the movies that i don't love like when he she gets home to her apartment and there's just flowers everywhere yes you have to clean those up yeah they attract fruit flies they smell bad after they smell bad Mm -hmm. like i don't know why that is a trope in movies of like he broke into my apartment and he put flowers everywhere. everywhere and also that's like a down payment, those amount of flowers. If you want to, like, something. surprise me in my apartment, clean it. Yeah. <laughs> Break in and clean it. We put new sheets on the bed. Have a great day. Oh, my God. She's worked all night. Amazing. Yeah. She's sleeping on tables. Clean it. Mm-hmm. So, basically, he pulls this ruse, which I love a ruse, mm-hmm. and he tells her, we're going to go have dinner with my mother or go to this fundraiser with my mother, mm-hmm. and it leads us to the one of my favorite grand gesture in film, the 
the Tiffany's I think it's proposal iconic. scene. Yeah. They are the only the second movie to have been allowed to be filmed inside Tiffany's since Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's like, is another one, Breakfast at Tiffany's? <laughs> yeah. Since 1961. Wow. 2002, 1961. Wow. That's wild. What do you think of... Younger me kind of thought it wasn't super romantic to not have the ring. Oh. Older me, let her pick. Oh, yeah. The pick one, I got wet. <laughs> I got wet. I'd be like, which one's the most expensive both, both, cubicle? Both me and you picked our own rings. Yeah. We both had them designed right. based off the designs we wanted. Because I specifically said to Jeff, if you ever propose, do it without a ring. He happened to propose after three weeks, and boy did not have time to get a ring. Mm-hmm. I had already told them because we're crazy. But no, I think it's I think a piece of jewelry you're gonna wear for the rest of your life is like deeply personal, and men have no taste. No taste. Like I don't want you to look at a ring and say that reminds me of her because it's like like you have no concept of like what's what. The only time it's okay you're colorblind is if like you've told your friend this is the ring I want and then the guy goes ask your friend what ring does she want. I didn't even know what ring I wanted. Yeah. Like I had no like I saw pictures of black diamonds that I wanted which is essentially the ring that I picked is a picture that I had sent to Matt years before but just with a sapphire instead of a black diamond. Yeah. But I would have I would not know if I want a circle like, yeah. number teardrops were trendy for a while. Yeah. Everyone had a teardrop. Double halos were Double trendy halos. for a while. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, if you had asked me when I was younger, I would have been like, ew, a gold band? Now all I wear is gold. Yeah, exactly. So this was like height of platinum era. Yes. Man, I just think it was so romantic. Pick one. I didn't even tell my mom. Haven't even met your family and I want to marry you. Yeah. Music to my ears. Yeah, don't meet your family. But didn't movies ever make you feel like they don't need to meet your family to marry you? Like no. you can marry, be dating in this bubble and like, I don't need to know your last name and I'll marry you. <laughs> I mean, you kind of did that. Did Jeff meet your family before you got married? Or engaged, sorry. Mm, like three days before. Okay. Literally. And I, I I introduced him as a friend that I was going to a cottage with with many other people. But really, I was going to a cottage with just him. And my mom said, he must be your friend because look how you're dressed. <gasps> I was wearing like leggings and a baggy t-shirt. But we were like already at that point in our relationship where like I could look like shit. It felt like. And it was only three weeks. Yeah. It was like two and a half at that point. Yeah. But my mom said, he, she literally said, he's definitely your friend because of how you're dressed. Nancy. But like. I also thought I looked great in my shark leggings. I said Nancy. Everyone's going to be like, oh, I just thought her mom's name was Deb. <laughs> you think my mom... I thought... I forever thought her mom's name was Nancy, so now I'm so confused. I think that it's Nancy, even though it is Deb. So when I say Deborah, I'm like, no, it's Nancy. It's Nancy. Wow. Rude. I know. Rude, rude, rude. Well, I'm, Patrick Dempsey's mom doesn't like Melanie either. My thing was, I was actually shocked that... In the end, they were going to a, an event with her, his mom. I thought it was the ruse to get her there. And then what a fucking, like, come down from, I'm going to propose to you. And then, then we're going to go see my mom. I felt like it was very sprung on her and like, here's my mom. We're engaged. Yeah. And then I loved it. <laughs> Does anyone care that much about the mayor? I, when the mayor fucks up. Yes. Yes. But are people taking pictures of the mayor and going, her son is engaged? Like, are, is that how the press works in New York? Do people care that much? I think when your son is smoking hot like Patrick Dempsey, yeah. 
Then they'll care. She's like a Meghan Markle. Melanie Markle. <laughs> Smoother. Smoother. <laughs> One thing I didn't love about, I was just checking my notes, about Patrick Dempsey's proposal in this movie is he doesn't say anything sweet to her. No. It was just, will you marry me? Like, I thought he said something more romantic. No, he's pretty much like, aren't you impressed? Like, look what I did for you. He didn't think he had to. I'm not really one to talk because my husband said, I'm going to take such fucking good care of you. <laughs> I think that's romantic. I think that's romantic. I think that's nice. Oh, God. Yeah, so then we learn Melanie's got to go back to Alabama, Pigeon mm-hmm. Creek, Alabama. Is that where it was? I couldn't Pigeon I Creek. Because she's built this whole life and told everyone in New York that she's from the Carmichael family. She grew up. Okay, first of all, let me do a disclaimer here. The film does not age well with discussions about the South. Representations of the South. There's a lot of Confederate flags waving around. But I don't even think that it doesn't, it wasn't right then either. It's not like now with 2023 glasses. No. No, but they definitely romanticize it so, so much. Yes. I I believe. So if you are deeply sensitive to those issues, maybe don't watch that movie. But there's a line in it where it says her daddy grew up in cotton and all that that entails. And I was just like, I looked at my husband and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You didn't think take that line out? No. Well, it was 2002. I don't know. Oh, bad. Oh, bad, bad, bad. What did you think of her kind of switching this accent on and off throughout the movie? Mm-hmm. We know that C- that Reese is like a Tennessee Southern Belle. Yeah. Her name's Laura in real life. Oh, yeah. Laura Jean Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. It bothered me. This, like, turning on and off of accents. Yeah. Like, she's, bothered me. She's code switching cause based on who she's talking to. But it's also, like, per, like identity switching. She's She rolls up to Josh Lucas's rickety-ass old house, which is actually beautiful, yeah. lakefront property. Yeah. <laughs> and she just is, like, Get on a tear. Yeah. Get your stemming ass out here and give me a divorce. <laughs> you sound just like her. You did a good job. What did you think of... Josh Lucas being cast in this role because the director said he had never done comedy before mm-hmm. and was trying to take this like very seriously, the role very seriously. Everyone was like, it's not that deep, babe. He is very serious in it. Very. I also went, I was looking through his like IMDb. He's not in much, not much of note anyway. I don't think his career ever quite took off, but oh my God, am I a dumbass? About 10 minutes into watching him on screen, I went, man, does he look a lot like Kevin Costner? Does he not play the young yeah, Kevin Costner on Yellowstone? Am I dumb as shit? No. Like, oh my god. I want. I like literally go, man, he looks a lot like... And I stopped myself mid-sentence. Because I was like, yeah, of course he does. That's why they cast him. So in the first... When I first watched this movie, I was like, was Matthew McConaughey just not available? Yes. Well, when we get to the recast, yeah. And then there's this guy from The Bachelor. His name's Sean Booth. Oh, He yeah. looks exactly like... Josh Lucas and acts like him, but he has brown eyes instead of these piercing. Okay, do they enhance the color on? They must. They're not a natural. They're like a turquoise. <laughs> they're I, blue, blue, blue. I'm not usually one for his coloring, but I was like hypnotized by the yeah. baby blues. Yeah, baby blues. He was. I don't know. He was tall and he was wide chested. He grew and on me through need- this movie. So yeah, if you watched. The TikTok I made, I said that she picked the wrong guy in the end. Rewatching the movie, no, she didn't. You don't think so? No. She okay, didn't. we'll save it for a we'll little talk bit about later. It later. So 
we basically she shows up to his his name's Jake's house and it's typical bachelor fair. Yeah. And it's that's a plot point because then later on Melanie still being legally married to him drains his bank account and redoes his entire house and at the mm-hmm. time i remember watching and being like that is such a nice sears catalog house <laughs> yeah like it was so cozy yeah so when melanie goes to jake's house she says a line to him that was so mean mm-hmm. she says i'm not your wife i'm just some girl i'm just the first girl that climbed in the back of your truck mm-hmm. that's harsh she's got she's looking at it with different eyes i think than she did when she uh married him she i mean this melanie smooter which we learn is her real name is a cutthroat bitch yes a troublemaker felony melanie oh yeah that's the thing is she's changed her entire like personality moving to new york she used to like what'd she do run someone's tractor into a ditch or a pond or something yeah. and blew, the cat, up, blew up the bank blew up the bank with a cat with dynamite yes so <laughs> i love that though that literally made me nostalgic for like a southern childhood i never had where you could just like run amok trouble like i pictured them like bare feet little ragamuffin kids mm-hmm. Just being like dirty faces and jam on their faces all the time. Yeah. Coming home when the lights are on. I think I have like three references for like a Southern childhood. One is this movie. One is Forrest Gump. And be like, Forrest, let's ha- I taught her how to dangle. That, yeah. Like, and then The Notebook. Yeah. It's very like outside in the summertime, running around, tire swing. Aw, shucks. Of- yeah. yeah. Small town. It's not my ideal, but... There is this kind of softening of her throughout this whole movie. Mm-hmm. And we go <laughs> when we go back to her home, we learn that she lives in a mobile home mm-hmm. with Pearl and Earl. <laughs> we didn't realize that until way late in the movie and Jeff went, is that a name for him? <laughs> Could you imagine not talking to your parents for seven years or seeing your parents for seven years just because you don't want to come back home? The embarrassment she feels... For her family and her life, if I was them, I'd be like, "Don't fucking come back!" Mm-hmm. Like, there she lies about where she's even from because she's so embarrassed of them. I know that's so sad. That is really sad. Basically, the dad is there's Confederate flags in his living room. Mm-hmm. He eats a bologna pie. What was this? A bologna cake? <laughs> that's what he says. Yeah, I got some bologna cake in the freezer or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, we are supposed to believe that it is working man Trumpers, essentially. Yeah. But then we meet Bobby Ray, Ethan mm-hmm. Embry, an early aughts star. Loved him. Still love him. He's still good. P- yeah. Grace and Frankie. He's, his family is basically who she stole her identity from. Yes. Yeah. There's a line where he she says, what happened to so-and-so, your ex-girlfriend? And he goes, she's a women's softball coach in Nashville. Yeah. And I was like, oh, she's gay. Yeah. yeah. He's gay and she's gay. gay. Yeah. They were each other's beards. Love it. But other than when she obviously outs him while drunk and says, I need to just go to a gay bar which is horrible. I do like the way it was handled. I don't know if it's realistic, especially at the 2002 in Alabama, but I do love that Jake's like, does that, does anyone have a problem with Yeah, the fact that he might go to a gay bar? And everyone's like, nope. He's like, are you the same guy that you were yesterday? And he's like, yeah. And everyone just is fine. Yeah, it was, I mean, 
I still feel like there. I mean, look at the laws that are being passed in the southern United States to restrict. Oh, like everyone's rights, the the hate crimes that are going up against people who yes. are LGBTQ plus. So it was very idyllic of them to like make this like we do war, civil war reenactments. Yeah, and we love gay people. Yeah, very idyllic. They quietly love them, but. I read a note that says, Jake looks like he smells like wood and sweat. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. Really? Compared to the polished, like, sweet mint of this Patrick is Dempsey? This going to divide. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but I think there's a key factor here that we need to consider. If they weren't both at least seemingly wealthy, this would be a different conversation. Yes! <laughs> You are so right. And I was going to bring that up to you because... If he was still poor... They introduced the mm-hmm. idea that he has... That Jake has money. That she doesn't know how he has money because yeah. he doesn't work at the factory like everybody yeah. else. She's like, are you doing something illegal? Yes. There, This money thing of making something of yourself... Yes. ...is such a rom-com trope. Like, no one wants a poor romantic comedy. That's yeah. just sad. Like, that'd just be a romantic sad times. Yes. So I don't, I don't know if this would have been such like a struggle for her. No. If she, and at the end, Jake's right. He had to do this in order to win her back. Yeah. Because she cares about whether or not you have money. She obviously cares about appearance very much. Oh, yeah. And when she goes to the, the bar, which Melanie Linsky. Be- okay. I think that's the most quotable. We line. say it all the time. But it's not even because we've seen the movie so many times. It was in the trailer that played on TV all the time. I quoted that before I saw the movie. She say the line. Do you want me to say it? You, you say, want it. To say it. Yeah. You have a baby in a bar. You have to pause. She's like in a bar. She's like I have three more at home, but this still one's on the tits, so I can take it everywhere <laughs> I want to go. It makes sense that Melanie Linsky's in this if she wasn't ever after with the director. Yes. And the Melanie Linsky Renaissance is here, and it's wonderful. But she's so good in this movie. Yeah. And the thing is, if you pay attention, she never really left. It's not like Melanie Linsky went to hiding for a period no. of time. No. She's been in things. She's been a side character. She just didn't get her flowers. Ever. Yeah. I've, oh, I've loved her for so... I've loved her since she was in Detroit Rock City. I've been, like, an actual fan of hers. And I love when I watch something and I go, Oh, Melanie Because she just pops up in things. And I also love that, like, I don't think she's ever done anything in her real, like, New Zealand accent before. Because no. I did not know until recently... No. ...that she had one. She does a great Southern accent. But there's this thing of, like... Especially with all of the women in this movie, there she Melanie looks down on them. Yes. Specifically the women. Oh, yes. Like you stayed here, you had a baby, you didn't make it out, mm-hmm. you married whoever and I and she's like, I got out. So when she fucks up at the bar and curses everybody out, mm-hmm. says that she's all better than them and all shit, the fact that they're so forgiving to her the next day, man, I don't know. I feel like in real life everyone would be like go home Mm -hmm. this is not your home yeah this is not your home what i love is that just like p.s i love you i don't know if this is like i want to see if there's more rom-com tropes the mom owning the bar yes gene smart she looks fantastic i love gene smart she still looks fantastic but damn was she hot with that curly hair i've never seen one long curly i know she had mousy brown hair she looked fantastic but what is this mom's owning bars single moms owning bars yeah what is this a 
about? Is this a thing? How many single women in their like sixties own bars? Is, I, it, is that a common thing? I thought you were gonna say Melanie also throws up in this movie. Oh yes, she, she gets does. into Jake's truck because she wants to drive drunk, wow. and he's like, "I'm so mad at you, but I'm not gonna let you drive drunk." She gets in his truck, and she throws up not on his shoes as one normally does in movies. We yeah. saw it in Leap Year. P.S. I love you. But she throws up in in his truck in Sweet Home Alabama. Wow. Do we need to have a comfort watch bingo card? Yeah. <gasps> I think maybe a mom owning a bar might be too niche, but maybe like single moms. Single mom. Single moms. No, but I think mom owning a business. Single mom owning a business. Yeah. Throwing up. Throwing up is definitely one. Makeover montage. <laughs> yeah. Triangle. I'm going to say women find a new creative job that involves ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind Wedding of- or funeral? Yes. Some kind of montage of someone, like, changing their career or something like that. Like, But you know what? They do, like, the, well, I'm going to win them back. And then they just do, like, a, this is how we're going to save the town. Yeah. And then it's just, like, a montage of, like, Michelle Branch's If I Just Breathe. And, like, it's just, like, everyone working together being yeah. like, I like that. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just what they do. Yeah. But when I saw the throw up, I literally said, aha. <laughs> Everyone throws up in this movie. They really do. Everyone. Everyone throws up. That's so funny. So Patrick Dempsey's mom sends her lackey guy down to find out the truth about Melanie. And now she's got to, like, hide her identity. But we see the way she is with Jake that she's kind of... She wants him to look at her the same way. Yeah. At first, she really wants a divorce. And now we see she's more like, how do you have all of this? What is this? Like, you're such a good guy. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I think a lot of it is, like her being almost jealous that his life he has moved on in ways yeah i think that she's less like do i like him now and more what do you mean why do you have a plane where are you always flying to how Mm -hmm. do you have money if you're not working here i think she's jealous in a way because like he didn't maybe he didn't change for her the authenticity yeah and i think she thought like I left and everyone stayed the same. Yeah. But I changed and I got, I'm better. And I'm happy. Yeah. And then seeing that, like, he also changed, I think, like, kind of pisses her off. There is this really, like, when we talked about the wardrobe, her wardrobe when she's in New York is very black. It's like, I'm, I'm laughing, it's like boot cut jean. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's black, it's like harsh lines, thigh, like knee high boots. The day after the bar episode, yeah, she goes to see Jake and she's wearing cowboy boots, yeah, and a floral printed dress, and like all of a sudden there is this like this countryfication mm-hmm. of her happening, that she's like going back to her roots. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting the way that they used clothes to convey that because I didn't catch that the first time around. No, I don't even think I caught it this time around. Now that oh. I'm thinking about it, I love that she leaves in the same outfit that she came in on like the last day. Mm-hmm. She's like wearing this exact same outfit that she drove in on because she's like, put, I guess maybe she's put back on her New York uniform. Oh, I just thought she ran out of clothes. <laughs> That's possible too. <laughs> but after the the drunken slurs at the at the little pub thing, he gives her he signs the divorce papers. Yeah. So this, to me, made me feel like he's not chasing her. I think he wanted to chase her. This is how I felt at the time. He wanted to chase her and then saw what she became and was like, no, I'm done with you forever. And then she's the one. That's why I I feel like our... I feel like like our triangle is a little weak in this movie a little bit. I I think he's playing chicken. I think it's like she's looking at him, he's looking at her. and I I think he's going bet. Really? You, wanna, you think that we're going to get divorced? Okay. 
I Interesting. Think so. I think a part of him is a little defeated, but I think he knows her really well and is like, all right, I'll give you what you want. And I think he already knew that she was going to regret, well, regret the whole thing. Interesting. There is one other trope that I love in TV movies, and that's a town festival. Absolutely. Catfish festival. Yep. Wouldn't need a damn thing if I was there. <laughs> I'd be so happy. It really tees up this chemistry of like, you owe me a dance or mm-hmm. let's all everybody dance. And then sets the scene for Melanie's big breakdown in the Coon Dog Cemetery, which yeah. is a real place. Is it? Yes. I did some research and I found out that it is a real place. It's called the Key Underwood Coon Dog Memorial Cemetery in Tuscumbia. I'm saying, probably saying that wrong. Tuscumbia? Alabama. It's been a resting place for beloved coon dogs since 1937. Wow. That was so sad. It is so sad. I did love the dog content. I did, like, I noted, like, great dog, great dog usage of dog. Bear Brian. Well, some scenes, just every 30 seconds, there's just a, like, and they would just show him, and he doesn't need to be there. But I also loved the, for no reason, like, him, they, things, throws a thing in the water, and then the dog, like, dives down at the bottom, and she's like, is he okay? When, Can he swim? When she's like, why didn't you tell me that Bear died? I was like, are you not good at math? How long do you think the dogs live? Yeah. Like, you just left. You just left. I know. I actually got really sad at that part. When she's she, like, you probably thought you did yeah. wondering what you did wrong. I, I cried too. I know. It's so sad. I was like laying on my living room floor with my dogs crying. I know. It's so, it's so sad. It's, yeah. I feel guilty just like going to like the store because i don't want them to think i abandoned them but it is kind of like this unconditional love that she got from her town just she just threw it away everyone Mm -hmm. in her town she just up and bailed and we learned it was because she had a miscarriage yes and this was where i realized that this movie is not about like the center one of the most important relationships to me in this movie is the mother daughter wanting more for your life yes because the mom's thing is like marry patrick dempsey yeah go back to New York, like, get out of this town mm-hmm. the way I wish I could have. And I didn't catch that the first time. Yeah. And I didn't I didn't even understand when Jake says, like, I didn't realize that it would have been limiting for you to have a baby. Yeah. I thought that was pretty, a progressive plot line. This is a very self-aware movie. It is. I think so, too. I don't, there wasn't a lot of moments where I was like, oh, my God, this, the whole thing's out to lunch. The only parts to me were, like, the tone deafness about the South. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, I, I related to all of her emotions. Mm-hmm. I thought that, like, it wasn't weird that she had this, like, double feelings of not knowing who to pick. It was very notebook. It was Lon, mm-hmm. the James Marston, and then Noah. But I thought the conversation of between her mother and her of the mom being like, marry him. Even like the conversation where the mom has where she's like, he loves you. You can marry him. Like Mm -hmm. almost giving her permission to do it. Yeah. I thought that was really, as opposed to the notebook where it was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. She could see she was, it was like a, maybe a more honest conversation that I believe, I believe so many people have probably had with their moms or parents of being like, yeah, you can do this for the security. Yeah. Very similar story though of like Ryan Gosling builds his house over this length of time and is like, don't you want me now? I did this for you. Basically she was like, oh, I'm owner. Yeah. That's okay. And it's the same thing. He's like, I built this glass company, which I will say the one, the one plot hole in the movie and it's always something that has to move plot forward that I end up not liking. Like, 
you know, in uh, Runaway Bride, and they're like, we can just get married at the end of the week. No, you don't have to. This one is, she's very interested in what's on the glass company that is the drink she's drinking, and also the glasses, they're not that, like, special looking. No, it's just glass. No, and... But the fact that she's so fascinated by it, and to the point where she gets off the plane on the way to her wedding prep week or day, like it's like the day before her wedding, she goes, this is the place I'm talking about. So she, instead of going straight to like with her luggage and stuff to her parents' house to get ready for her like, you know, rehearsal dinner or whatever, she's like, this is the place I'm talking about. We got to go to the glass place. And that's when she puts it all together. Yeah. But I don't think that that is compelling enough to make her go do it no it's well we we missed the part where patrick dempsey's like surprise i'm here let's get married oh, yeah, sorry and like no but no just in case anybody was like how do we get here so he just decides let's just get married here we'll yes. avoid like the press and whatever we'll have like this wedding at what she thinks is like a blake lively ryan reynolds wedding on a plantation if she was paying attention to those figurines that he was doing more of like the interesting glass rather than just like the glassware yeah i would be like okay that is a weird thing that i'm seeing frequently yeah i'd be like oh what is that what is that yeah like it should have been shoes at someone else's home or at the airport there was like a display or something of like a local artisan yeah and she's like oh my god and i love to like this is another thing of you said of like they can't just be successful they have to have like there's a restaurant yes there's a restaurant it's artsy he's successful he flies a plane there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It has to be it has to be over the top. An interesting thing about that plane, they couldn't legally like land the plane on that lake that they filmed in, so they kept having to pay a fine every time they did the shot. Wow. Which I thought was pretty funny, because they were like, no, funny. we need the Mo fishing plane. Yeah. But so then she realizes that he's built this whole life for himself. He went to New York initially to find her mm-hmm. and get her back, and then said, I need to like make something of myself to get her back. Yeah. Which... Again, notebook, very romantic. And like you said, would this have happened if he was just the same guy who worked at the factory? Yeah. Even if she knew that he went to New York and that he did want her back, but he's just didn't change his life at all. I don't think... No. No. I don't think so. I don't think so either. At all. No. Not compared to P. Demps. Allegedly, there was an entire like sub-character in this who was a love interest for Patrick Dempsey. Oh. Who was a Vanderbilt, which is very iconic old New York money. Mm-hmm. And she was supposed to be, like, teasing of, of a love interest for him. Oh. So that at the end of the movie, when, like, you in the credits, so you bad. see that he... Exactly. Yeah. You think, like, oh, he ends up with someone. Yeah. But they cut it out because they thought it was too confusing or something. Yes. So I thought that was really interesting because normally... In movies, when we were watching it, of like, oh, there, she, she essentially like stands him up at the altar, pretty much. Yeah. I always think like, why didn't they end put him with someone else at the end? Yeah, but they originally did. Here's the th- so yeah, we're skipping to yeah. The, sorry, she does. She goes through the whole wedding plan. They even go back to New York for a little while, mm-hmm. plan the whole wedding. She gets all the way halfway down the aisle, and then her lawyer shows up and says. You never signed the divorce papers. She says it's an honest, honest mistake, but it's like a, you did it subconsciously so you didn't have to be divorced. And the guy's like, well, you don't have to be divorced if you don't want to. And mm-hmm. then she realizes she's not going to marry Patrick Dempsey. But she's like on the aisle. But Patrick Dempsey kind of lets her go, like easily lets he her go. He says, wow, so this is what this feels like. Yeah. Which without 
the development of him having maybe this girl who was like in love with him and him kind of being this golden boy yeah wouldn't really make sense yeah i was just kind of like oh he's letting her go because he knows true love conquers all yeah well my thought process behind it they do show a couple of clips of him with his mom and like conversation he has with his mom one's at breakfast and one's in her office i believe and you actually get the vibe that his motivations aren't like there's no malice but that it's not her specifically that he's in love with he never talks about her and her personality or things he loves about her i think he's like ready to get married he the way he talks to his mom about like and we're gonna do it in ireland at christmas it's just not the whatever it's, the mom wants it's for just him. to fuck with his mom yeah and yeah, like the speed at which they get married. I think him even proposing, like they haven't, I think they said that what they've been together for eight months. Yeah. It's a short period of time. It Is it Christine? Ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I think that he enjoyed that Reese Witherspoon was naive and he is like this bright light that she's like drawn to. He's helping her come up. Yes. And that he thinks. This is an easy lockdown for him. So they showed this movie to test audiences as they normally do. Yeah. And it was men who did not like the ending because they said, but Patrick Dempsey's character didn't do anything wrong. Like, why is she leaving him for Jake when he did nothing wrong? Yeah. And I guess in the other movies that we've seen, there is kind of like, like Maid of Honor. There's that thing where you're like, oh, they're not supposed to be together. Yeah. And you're right to catch up to catch on it now yeah but i think in the first like viewing of it or maybe even my second third i was just like wow he really is on paper the perfect guy and even letting her go he doesn't it's his mom that over that you know cusses her out mm-hmm. so i just thought it was interesting that men were like oh the, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with them like they weren't even siding with like the working man they were siding with the good guy yeah but they're both good guys yeah I know, and that's the thing, too. I don't think either is, like, a morally superior choice, mm-hmm. which is, like, in, like, Maid of Honor, you're like, oh, he's... Not for you. Not for you. He seems like if you married him, he'd be very controlling, and he already wants to dictate how your life's going to be, what your, you know, everything about your life is going to be dictated by him. Whereas Patrick Dempsey, you actually don't... I wonder if there was scenes like that initially, because I feel like that actually would have fit in nicely if he was like, and then of course we summer in the Hamptons, and of course we do this, and we can't yeah. go back to this for your family. Like, it'd be... It would kind of just hit that home a little bit more that he's not right for her. Because you actually don't see any point where you're like, oh yeah, they don't quite fit. For me, it just felt like it just wasn't as good of a match. Yeah. Or like the the, the actual like love wasn't there. It made sense on paper. Yeah, no, you're right. And I just, I think it was like, it it was interesting that it was a mother who was the one to belittle Melanie. Yeah. Like it was the mother who was the one who like belittled where she came from and where she like, it. she was always so toxic because let's be real. There are mother-in-laws that hate who their sons choose. Can't relate to that. (laughs) No. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. Then you had the mothers at the end kind of go where then her mom comes in with like the bless your heart. Like, Hey, now that's not nice. Yeah. I thought that was so sweet. And then it was Jake's mother who gives Melanie the pen to be like, yeah, I don't know. I think this was just such an interesting movie about moms and women. Well, because even Jake's mom earlier is the one, one who encouraged urges him to open back up to the to her and like maybe maybe like it's the day of the wedding he's like she's like what are you doing she made her choice yeah which 
in terms of like a graduate moment where he stops her wedding yeah i can't i think it was more mature for him to not try to stop the wedding oh absolutely whereas then in maid of honor patrick dempsey's like stop the wedding because like for me i think like there's like a movie romantic and then there's like real life oh wow he's a mature guy he just let her go yeah but then she runs up to him in the rain i loved her wedding dress in this movie i if someone wore it today to a wedding i'd be like beautiful i remember watching okay so i remember watching this movie and i seeing like the the half bird cage veil and being like that is elegance i still love it yeah i wouldn't wear it myself but i still don't think it's horrible the big silver flower at the back a little severe well maybe i'd skip that one but that's her i'm a fashion designer yeah because the rest of the dress not fashion designer-y like not over the top classic you'd think that it would be they'd throw one of those tropes in there and there'd be something weird and huge on it or something so the costume designer her name was sophie durakov mm-hmm. she's worked with reese so many times she worked with her on legally blonde oh she did all the costumes she made that wedding dress and reese kept it from that movie that's crazy isn't that wild i love that dress it was beautiful it was a great dress reese i'm not gonna say she's never looked better the hair was severe in that movie the flip yeah. the hair flip yes i just kept thinking no new york fashionista would have that haircut we're in a like the ellen DeGeneres. yeah she wouldn't have the ellen DeGeneres haircut and be like yeah and be taken seriously as there at the end of the movie though when she's like running in the rain to go get josh lucas there's like this shot where like her skin looks flawless i was i wrote why does her hair look better wet yes what the fuck and this was a time before everyone used eyebrow pencil. Yeah. If there was just a little bit of eyebrow pencil on her, she would look perfect. So phenomenal. So then they, just like uh, in Runaway Bride, yeah. they're like, we, we got all the stuff, let's just have a wedding. Yeah. And we're already legally married. Yeah. Let's just have a wedding. Let's have a party at the bar. Party at the bar. A party. With the sock and boppums on the... Yeah. Yeah, you have a party at a bar. Your wedding. I I also wrote down that I thought that was one of the best rom-com kisses ever when they are on the beach. And they slow it down from the above shot. It it looked real. It looked nice. Mm -hmm. It looked like something I would like to be a part of. Other ones are just awkward. That one was not awkward. No, it wasn't an awkward. They definitely had chemistry. Yeah. Imagine how, like, cold and wet they were, though, filming that over and over again. Yeah. No way. And then they go to that party, still wet, and she looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah. No, ma'am. Um, do you want to take a break and then we'll talk about who we'd recast? Yeah. Okay, we're back. Then our favorite part. Who would you recast? So I have some facts over who was going to be the lead. Oh, I want to know. I can't even imagine. This is like built for her. You would never guess. I, should I? The lead who turned down the role was Charlize Theron. Really? Yeah. They're like South African. Yeah. The same. She's from the South. It's a, it's a wild choice. But then they chose Reese just off of the, like, the Legally Blonde boom. Wow. Charlize Theron. I couldn't imagine it. No. I don't. I didn't. I wouldn't want that for her anyway. No? No. This does seem like a tailor-made Reese role. Yeah. Like, if you told me that between P.S. I Love You and Sweet Home Alabama, 
one of these movies was made with just this lead actress in mind, yeah. I wouldn't have believed you that it was P.S. I Love You. Yeah, I know. So who would you put if so, you had to? You had to. Well, uh, so the only, I did Modern Times, the only woman that I thought, because I also was like, I feel like they really should be Southern because I think it should be authentic. So I put Jennifer Lawrence. Kentucky, yeah. I think that, I think she, I think her like Southern raw side because she's really good at being like scrappy she, yeah she's got good physical humor which mm-hmm. i think she has above reese witherspoon i don't think reese witherspoon has the best physical humor mm-hmm. i think she would do well with that and she's stunning so she'd be fine in new york um and then for a guy obviously matthew mcconaughey's like an easy choice but i was thinking for like now a guy that i would believe in this role and i was thinking chris evans i don't even really like chris evans but i feel like i believe it yeah, he's I mean, not, he's maybe not scruffy enough or like. Boston is enough. his big thing, right? Yeah. Like, he's a Boston guy. Jennifer Lawrence, people are probably like, they always pick Jennifer Lawrence. She is a chameleon. She is. She's an Academy Award winner. I think maybe the reason why they couldn't pick McConaughey is like, McConaughey is so Texas. He's also just too much. But in the great movie, A Time to Kill, he's yeah. Jake Brigance. <laughs> he's very believable. On that note, um, no. Sandy B. No, well, Sandy, she's from Texas too. We could I think put Sandy B. In anything, and she'd be great. Yeah, Ashley Judd. No, she didn't got the comedy chops to do it. I know we've discussed this before, but America's Nation, I think, would disagree. I don't know where the heart is. She's good in, but I don't think she has the comedy leading lady type thing to pull it off. No, that's true. I would do. I mean, Patrick Dempsey is a pretty solid choice for this movie. Yeah, Chris Evans could play that. No, I would do... I would rather see Chris Evans a little scruffed up in a plaid shirt. See? I think that he would do well as it. I don't know who I'd recast for Patrick Dempsey. So this is why I'm going to tell you now. Okay, who would you pick? Patrick Dempsey or Jake? Yeah. (sighs) Wow, this is a great question. Mm -hmm. I would probably still pick... Patrick Dempsey. Really? Because that's me. Yeah. I think he's so kind in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I was about to say something that is so untrue for my entire life, but I was about to say, I just feel like you can't go back to an ex. And I literally married my... Yeah. Your multiple ex. Yeah. But I'm talking about my movie life. Yeah. Well, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm always like, I I want like a rich New Yorker, but normally that is my pick. But something about Patrick Dempsey in this movie, at one point he was like wearing khakis or something. And the way he was standing, the way he was talking, I was like, he's a dweeb. They definitely... In the masculinity yeah. scale, he's on one spectrum, and then yeah, uh, Josh Lucas is on another. And I know this is not how everyone like picks their mate, but I am very much like the scruffier, the taller, the thicker. The that's my jam, right? And if they could also be rich, <laughs> yes, if they had some <laughs> money, for please. Too much. I think I understand why. I th- I think because I didn't find Josh Lucas attractive. And I don't. For me, for her to overlook somebody who's like tall, dark, and handsome is like, what? Like, yeah. I'm going to be real petty. He doesn't even have leading man hair. No, but I think that's kind of the point. We're grasping at wispies here. Yeah. I think I'm not that attracted to him. Like, he would be a guy on Tinder with a fish and a baseball hat. Oh, absolutely. He'd be hat fishing you. And then he'd take off his hat and you'd be like, what? Yeah. I'd be swiping left on that for sure. 
but the the character i think there's like a thing where this is the only reason why like maybe i would choose josh lucas patrick dempsey's character is not gonna throw you against the wall so yeah i want a guy who's like Pat- it seems like he has a lot of feelings right and i feel like it'd be a more interesting passionate life with with josh, josh lucas. lucas yeah patrick dempsey's like i think he could take you to like nice and it'd be nice Niece, but I don't think it's so interesting because, like, when you got there, there's I don't think there's ever really been a rom com triangle between two men where you're like, both men are like they purposely make one not rugged or like sexy or like sexual, yeah, like. I was the only thing I could think of was like Jacob and Edward from Twilight. <laughs> like, like you know what I mean? Like they they purposely make one not one that you want to have sex with. Yeah. Maybe we should write that rom com where like both of them are like, who do you pick? I don't yeah. know. I'd still probably pick Patrick Dempsey just because I think like his hair. He looks so clean. <laughs> He's always so clean. So so clean. Yeah, the cleanliness isn't that much of a priority for me. But if you can like cut wood. Yeah. I think, like, stay with me here. Maybe not with a southern accent. Channing Tatum could do a Josh Lucas thing. Yeah, I just have a personal vendetta with Why? Channing Tatum. I don't. Why would I know that? There's certain actors. Do you want me to go through my list? Yeah. There's certain actors that I just can't stand. Channing Tatum, though, I will. Like, I, I watched, was the The Vow? He seems so sweet in it. <laughs> he does. And she's the man. His best role ever? I just don't think he's a very good actor. I think he's likable, whatever. But there's certain people I will not watch in movies. He's on the cusp, but there's three people that I just severely dislike. I'm going to go from my least to my... Jason Bateman, I did watch Ozark, but he was incredibly unlikable, and that made it easy because I incredibly unlike him. Number two, I and I've, to this day, have never seen anything with Zac Efron in it. <laughs> never. And I have no desire to. And I've okay. never even... You know, I could probably see a movie and be like, oh my god, he's so likable. I've never seen anything with it. And now I just refuse because I'm like, I gotta, I gotta keep this going. My number one, though, even if it's like a book I loved and they finally adapted to a movie, if Anna Kendrick's grubby little fingers are anywhere near it, I will it. not watch it. No. Like, sorry, Anna. I can't stand you, honey. Not for you. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't... Every time I don't like her. That's fine. Is that okay? Do you have anyone you really don't like? I'm I'm trying to think in my brain, <laughs> and I can't think of anyone right now. I don't like Anna Kendrick, but I loved that show, Love Life. I and you told me it was great, and I think I made it two episodes in, and I was like, I can't do it. I'm really trying to look past it. There's the like I think when I watch men on TV, I'm just like, when I want to be with you, no. Like Jamie Dornan, I don't get it. No. I don't get it. No. Seems like a very nice man. He was great in Barb and Star, go to Vistel Del Mar. But like, <laughs> I don't get that? it. Yeah. For me, there's like, I don't get it. I like yeah. Zac Efron. Like, he seems like a nice guy, I guess. Does he? Like, I don't know. He seems nice. He seems like somebody you went to high school with. Sure. High school musical with. <laughs> I don't like, team. I don't like the Jonas Brothers. Like, I don't like yeah. that Maybe well, yeah. I don't like a Disney man. Yeah. But I love a Ryan Gosling, and that was a Disney man. Different kind. He's the outlier. Yeah, Mickey Mouse Club doesn't count. I was going to say, Ryan Reynolds would be a Patrick Dempsey in this movie. Mm. Ryan Gosling would be a Josh Lucas. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Make that movie. Make well, they that did. movie. It's called The Notebook. <laughs> <laughs> and The Proposal. 
Make that movie. You know who'd be a good Patrick Dempsey? James Marsden. That's right. I mean, he would. <laughs> he did. He did real good. He did it real good. You know what? That in that movie too, I felt bad for him because I was like, he's super cute. Yeah, he's someone who aged into their face more. You mm. love Twenty Seven Dresses, but I feel like he's too Abercrombie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not attracted to James Marsden. No. No. I mean, I in like Jury Duty, in he's great. There's something that happens when men cross like 45 where I'm like, hi, how well, are you? Either way, though. Yeah. There's a version of it that it doesn't look, it's not right. Yeah. They either start looking like Tignataro or they start looking. Point. Like, yeah, there's two out. And you know, Tignataro looks great. We've but, said this in multiple I know. episodes. I just want to emphasize this. I love Tignataro. You just mean like there's that estrogen softening. Yeah, what is that? They get a little bit of like, like a jowl. Not that I don't even think Tatum Turtle has a gel, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a softer, softer. I think maybe this is a, a really hot take. Something, when men are remotely feminine, like infeminate in any way, not interested. When women are mask, hot. But that's just because you're a little gay. <laughs> My little gay is that I think like... There is this, it's really interesting because like you're on birth control, right? Uh-huh. So there's this study that showed that your tastes in men are different when you're on birth control. Wow. So there was a study that showed that women who are on birth control are like more effeminate looking men. So oh. you're the exception to the rule. Like yeah. people like Zac Efron, Timmy Chalamet, like no. those, like the softer, more femme guys yeah. are that's, pretty. Let's say pretty. You. you love Cillian Murphy and you're not on birth control. Did you say Cillian? What's his name? Killian. Killian. C- Psilocybin Murphy. <laughs> what is he, Italian? Chilean. If he was Italian. No, he's, he's Gaelic. <laughs> I just love all men. Like, I, I'm all over the spectrum. <laughs> just like my autism. <laughs> it's all over the spectrum. But no, that's a really interesting thing that, like, you are on the Monies and you don't like it. No, I wanted to be manly, angular, but also round. Maybe but, that's why you like Mr. Big because he's a little more mask than Aiden. Like when Aiden was soft, mm-mm. when Aiden got like fit the second time around. Yeah. Not when Aiden's soft now. Aiden now? No, I don't like Aiden. I now. know I don't like it either. But he's very big birdie. I'm not really into it. His legs, wisp, his wispy hair, the legs. Yeah, the wispy it's too hair. much. I'm not. I'm not feeling it. Oh well. Should we give her comfort rating? Yeah, you go first. I gave it eight point five bar babies out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> that's a solid rating has that like maybe this is the highest one that you've oh i've done i did like 9.7 for i think runaway bride oh my best was by you know 8.5 is actually kind of high i don't know why i wrote that it was just been on the high afterwards it's more of like a 7.8 7.8 bar babies out of 10 yeah i'm gonna go 7.5 dynamite cats out of 10 <laughs> but it's interesting i don't really have many faults with this movie but it only has a 38 percent rotten tomato score mm. sexists let me tell you some numbers real quick yeah tell me some numbers okay the budget for this movie i forgot to do it this is what happens when you get me at night i just i'm not on my game i just want to chat mm-hmm. the budget for this movie was 30 million u.s dollars box office 180 6 million US dollars. Completely respectable. Respectable. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is the first rom com people think of, but when you watch it, you're like, this movie's great. I think it's up there. I think it's maybe not S tier, but it's it's high. Yeah. I think if like if you're gonna list all the rom coms, this is in the top twenty. Interesting. Maybe top ten. Like it's it would come up pretty fast. Yeah, I think so. 
It's a great pick. Great mm-hmm. pick for kicking off fall. Should we tell people what we're watching next? You've got mail. <laughs> wow. You're just a chameleon. What the hell oh. is It's a talent. It's this an illness. Another, this is a heavy hitter rom-com. Our first foyer, foyer into... Foray. Our <laughs> first foyer. <laughs> Her first foray into Meg Ryan and or Tom Hanks. Not that I don't think Tom Hanks is really a rom-com or too hard. I have opinions of him as a romantic lead. I have opinions. (laughs) And they will be delivered (laughs) via mail (laughs) next week. You'll be getting my email. Oh, gosh. Is there anything else you want to add? I think we're good. That's it for us. Be sure to... Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Comfort Watch Podcast. If you want to send us any emails, you can email us at comfortwatchpod at gmail.com. Follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to leave us a review. It really helps our show out. Mm -hmm. And until then, stay comfy. Stay cozy. Bye. Bye. Bye.